Welcome to Bible Near You, a Bible study program that seeks to shed some light on the Bible and aims to drive the shade of ignorance from the mind of the people across the world. The program comes to you every Wednesday at BibleNearYou.co.za at 1600 South African Standard Time. We are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and other podcasting platforms. We encourage you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bible Near You. If you have any questions concerning the content of our show, you can email us at question at biblenearyou.co.za. Now we join our host and teacher, Lungisa Jostri. This indeed is a blessed day. It's a wonderful day that the Lord has made, and we are to rejoice and be glad in it. First, I'd like to say thank you to everyone that is supporting Bible Near You podcast. Thank you very much to my dear brother, Gary Stephen Krause. Thank you to Sister Cindy from Durban. Thank you to Brother Zakes. Thank you to Brother Sipo. Thanks to every listener, those who are listening in silent, and those who are coming forward to comment and to do the likes. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your following. We've done the first six books of the Bible. We've done the first section of the Bible. We looked at Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. And then we went to start the new section, which is the history. And we did that last week as we look briefly at the book of Joshua. We now come to the seventh book of the Bible, which happens to be the second book under the history section. If you have followed from the beginning, you will notice that Moses was the first leader of Israel after they have left Egypt. After Moses had died, the responsibility to lead the nation of Israel fell upon Joshua, the son of Nun. And Joshua was a godly leader who obeyed the Lord's commands just as Moses did. Towards the end of his life, Joshua was very concerned with the rebellious tendencies of the Israelites, just like Moses was concerned. And this is apparent in his last address when he said, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him sincerely in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When the people had replied with the promise that they will serve the Lord, Joshua warned them, You cannot serve the Lord. For he is a uh, a holy God, he is a jealous God, he will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he had done you good. And this is in Joshua chapter 24 from verse 14 to verse 20. So we should see in the book of Judges, if the people lived up to their promise to serve the Lord or not. So when we look at the book, the title of the book is called Judges. In the Hebrew text, it is called Sefer Sofetim. It is the book of Judges. I suppose it was called the book of Judges because of verse 
16 of chapter 2, where it states that God raised judges to deliver them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. The author and date of the book, unfortunately, the author of this book is unknown. He's unknown. However, there are many theories. Some think Samuel is the author, and some think it was written by some priest during the Babylonian exile. The language of the book suggests that it was not written by someone who lived in the time of the judges. For example, in chapter 1 verse 26, the phrase, unto this day, shows us that the events documented in the book took place many years before the book was written. This causes anyone who is a critical thinker to suggest that this book was written by someone who lived several years after the actual events, whether it was Samuel or somebody else, but definitely the person who wrote the book of Judges was not the eyewitness, basically. So the total number of years documented in the book is well over 200 years, which further strengthens the suspicion that the book was not written by an eyewitness. The author may have relied on research, like written text, and on oral tradition to compile his book. The message of Judges, briefly, the book of Judges appears to be a sequel to the book of Joshua. Sadly, this book reveals a vicious cycle of backsliding in the nation of Israel. The first chapter seems to summarize the events enlisted in the book of Joshua, where the people went into the land and began to fight the occupants and possessed the land. In the same chapter, first chapter of the Judges, we are told that several tribes did not drive out the inhabitants of the land. That's that's a terrible thing right there. It started off on a bad note. I mean... We were very hopeful that as Judah was going up with uh, Simeon and then Simeon helping Judah to possess the land, that these nations will do the same. But sadly, there's a list of, uh, of tribes that didn't, that didn't drive out all the inhabitants of the land. And look at this here in verse 27. Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shean. And had towns no Tanakh or and had towns no inhabitants of Dor and had towns no the inhabitants of uh, Ibleam and had towns no the inhabitants of Megiddo and had towns but the Canaanites would dwell in that land and if you go to verse 29 it says neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites that dwell in Gaza but the Canaanites dwelt in Gaza among them. Neither did Zebulon drive out the inhabitants of Kitron, nor the inhabitants of Nahalal, but the Canaanites dwelt among them and became tributaries. Either Neither uh, Asia drive out the inhabitants of uh, Akko, nor the inhabitants of Zidon, nor the evidence of Alhab, nor of Axib, nor of Helber, nor of Ephek, nor of Rehob. But the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites and the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. So it goes on, the list goes on, chapter, uh, verse 33, Neither did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of ben- Beth Shemesh and inhabitants of Ramath Anath, 
but he dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath became tributaries unto them. So it means they paid taxes unto them. So this is, this is terrible. And so as a result to this terrible deed that these people were disobedient unto the Lord, the Lord commanded them that when they go into the promised land, they should drive out all the inhabitants. And there was no provision that they should make them tributaries of any sort or make any arrangements and agreements with them. The command was, Destroy them all, drive them out, drive them. They need to leave the land. If they refuse to leave, they must die. But they didn't obey. And so if you go to chapter two, it shows us that the Lord was displeased. And so as a result, the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to bulk him and said, I made you to go up out of the, out of Egypt and have brought you into the land which I swear unto your fathers and said, I would never break my covenant with you. And you shall make no league with the inhabitants of the land. You shall throw down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns on your sides, and their God shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass when the angel of the Lord spake, those words in unto all the children of Israel that the people lifted up their voice and wept and they called the name of that place Bokim and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went, where, uh, went every man into his inheritance to possess the land. So it goes on to tell us because Joshua here had not died. But then as we move on, as it moved on to in chapter 2, we are told that something happened after Joshua had died. It says that, you know, if you, if you look at verse 10, it says, And also all the generation were gathered unto their fathers. There rose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. So after Joshua died and a generation of Joshua, then rose a new generation that did not know the Lord. It was a wicked generation. And this is the generation that was entering into this vicious cycle of backsliding and then repenting and then backslide again and then repent and then backslide again. So God kept on selling them to their enemies for years, maybe 40 years, maybe uh, 20 years, just being oppressed by these people. And then God would deliver them and give them peace. But as soon as the judge would die, they would start again. So in the book of Judges, what we see here is that these people wasted no time to rebel and serve the gods of the inhabitants of the land. Not only that they intermarried, they served the gods of the land. They intermarried with their daughters and they gave their sons, uh, their daughters to, their, to the sons of the people of the land. And they took the daughters of the people of the land and they intermingled and therefore they were introduced to these false gods. 
And so God sold them to their enemies when they displaced them in this manner. And what he did is he first sold them to a king of Mesopotamia, whose name is very confusing, but let's try to pronounce it. It was Kushan Rishathayim. He was the king of Mesopotamia and the children of Israel served him for eight years. And then as this happened, the children of Israel cried unto the Lord and the Lord raised up a deliverer uh, to the children of Israel who delivered them. And his name was Othniel, Othniel, the son of Kenaz, who was Caleb's younger brother. So Othniel was the first judge to deliver the children of Israel out of the hand of this Mesopotamian king. And then there was Moab. When they sinned again, there was Moab, the king of Moab. Uh, his name was Eglon. He was a very, the Bible says, he was a very fat man. He was a very fat man. So the children of Israel, in verse 12, says they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord, and he gathered unto him the children of Ammon and Amalek, and went to and smote Israel, and possessed the city of palms, or city of palm trees. So the children of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, eight years. And when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised them up a deliverer. It was Ehud. So Ehud managed to sneak into the palace and killed. Eglon and then mobilize the Israelites to go and fight the Moabites and they kill them. So the land had rest for 40 years, it says here. The land had rest for 40 years. There was also Shamgar who defeated 600 Philistines with an ox god. So I suppose he took the horn of an ox and, and just stabbed these Philistines, 600 men of them. And he delivered Israel. And then in chapter 4, it says, The children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan. And he reigned in Hazo, the captain of whose hold was Sisera, which dwelt in Harosheth of the Gentiles. So this man was well established. This man had a lot of chariot, 900 chariots of iron. And uh, he had, uh, he, he had like for 20 years, he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. For 20 years, he oppressed them. So they cried unto the Lord and God raised a woman to judge Israel, to deliver Israel. So her name was Deborah and Deborah was working with Barak. So Deborah will guide Israel and Barak will execute. And so we have the first woman here introduced being involved in the deliverance of the nation of Israel. And also Caesarea was killed by Yael, Jael, so it's Jael or Yael. She was a woman. What happened is as Barak went to fight against these men, Caesarea, and they fought and they defeated him and they began to flee, Caesarea fled on foot and Barak pursued him. So as Caesarea ran, so when Giles saw Caesarea running, she went out and invited him into the tent. And so he came, sorry, he came into the tent and Giles covered him with a cloth. Then Caesarea asked for water. Giles gave Caesarea milk. So the man trusted her. And then the man said, please stand by the door of the tent. And if anybody asks, 
Have you seen such a man? Is there any man in there? You just say there's no one here. So this woman, what he did because Cesare was sleeping now, because he was very tired and wounded. So what he did is, what she did, she took a peg, a nail of a tent, and she took a hammer. And while this man was sleeping, she placed the nail on his, on his temple and hammered it down and fastened it to the ground killing the man instantly so what a shame this man was killed by a woman but god brought great victory in the land of israel using these women deborah and yael at the same time this by no means this by no means give license to women pastor let me just make that clear deborah and jael were not pastors they were not pastors deborah was a judge. She was only dealing on the military side, advising in military-wise. She was not involved in theological or ecclesiastical position. She was not really a pastor or a priest for that matter. So I'm not advocating for women pastors. And this is a subject we may talk about uh, some other day. So as we see the book of Judges, the cycle of rebellion keeps on repeating itself. Next were the Midianites, where Gideon came and saved the Israelites with a few number of people. Next, uh, we see Abimelech, who was not a judge, by the way, but people wanted to make him a ruler for them because of some influence he had. And then we see Tola, we see Jair, we see... Uh, Ammon and Ammon were, were the people defeated by Jephthah and then we see the other judges uh, Ibzan, Elon, Abdon and then finally the most prominent of all the judges of Israel was Samson who killed a lot of Philistines at his death he killed more Philistines at his death than he had killed in all his lifetime and uh, Samson was a very weird judge because that man seemed to be a loose cannon. He, loose, he seems to be a loose cannon. He did a lot of outrageous things. And he was uh, some kind of a womanizer, if you come to think of it. Very naughty kind of a man. I mean, he killed a lion with his bare hands. Then he left the cops there. When he comes back, he sees the bees and they've made honey there on the lion's carcass. I don't even know how that works. And then he gets the honey from, from that. I mean, it's not even allowed in the law, but he takes it, gives to his parents, and he doesn't tell them where it comes from, and they eat. I mean, what kind of a man does that? But God used him anyway. And so Samson ended up, uh, because of his uh, choice of women, ended up uh, giving out the secret of his power that it was in the hair, even though not really that the power dwelt in the hair. I, I believe that power dwelt in him obeying the voice of the Lord. And when his hair was cut, it was an act of disobedience. And therefore, God was not with him for that short period. But then as the hair grew, and then Samson repented and he prayed for the Lord's help, God responded and he killed the Philistines. So, we can see the lot of uh, apostasies that took place. There's also a terrible sight that we see in chapter 19 where there were men who wanted to rape a visitor in Benjamin. 
and uh, they they instead the men released this concubine and they raped this concubine throughout the night. It was a terrible act that caused a war that Israel, the whole of Israel, went up and ganged up against Benjamin, and Benjamin refused to surrender and, and submit those men who had committed the evil thing, and therefore there was war, and lots of men died. A lot of men died, and they, they made a vow, the people of Israel, that none will give their daughters to the people of Benjamin. And so it was a terrible thing. So go and read up. Go and read the book of Judges. I hope you did. Go and read up and see all these stories happening uh, in the book of Judges. So, my dear friends, next week, Lord willing, which will be next year, 2021. Uh, by the way, in advance, compliments of the new year. We're hoping that the coming new year will be better than this one, even though it's highly unlikely, but we trust the Lord nonetheless. We trust the Lord with our lives. So, the next... Next week, Lord willing, we will be talking about the next book, the book of Ruth. We'll be looking into the book of Ruth. So it's a very short book. It has four chapters. So I expect uh, that at least many of you would read it before we come to the study of the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth is interesting and the message in the book of Ruth is very, very interesting. So I'd really like you guys to just read it and then come and join me next Wednesday as we study the book of Ruth. So with all that being said, my dear friends, I just want to remind you that we are on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Our handle is at Bible near you at Bible near you. If you have any questions regarding the content of our show, you can forward your questions to question at Bible near you, question at Bible near you, or you can simply write a comment to a corresponding episode that you have questions about. So we have, for example, today we are on episode number eight. And the title is Judges. And then after, if you go to the website below uh, the whole content, there's a comment space. You can just drop your comment there and we will attend to it. My dear friends, I'm so grateful that you guys are here and you like to listen to Bible near you. May you continue doing so and also share this podcast with your friends. Let everybody know that there is Bible near you. With all that being said, my dear friends, my name is Lungus Jostri. You have a fantastic week and a happy new year.